30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Well, I've never been to a Fay-Dodo in the snow. <laughs> First time for everything. Oh, boy. Good morning, Arizona. My name's Rosie Romero. I'm here with my sweet wife, Miss Jennifer. Good morning. Our broadcast engineer, Gary D. And we're here in the 9 o'clock hour to take your calls. We've got lots of ground to cover. This week of weather has created some very peculiar questions and inquiries that Rosie on the house. We want to cover those. But before we do, we've got a late break, breaking development down at City of Tucson Police Department. Let's go. Tucson's to that. never seen anything like this before. Uh, we've gotten lots of calls about a white powdery substance all over. We did have our crime lab out here just a little bit ago. Uh, one of our officers here is helping out now with that. Uh, some stuff we're taking to the lab, and as soon as we find out what this is, uh, we will let you know. Please don't go out in it. Um, I was touching it earlier. We don't recommend you doing this, uh, but I can tell you this is burning. This is burning my hand right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought that bit by City of Tucson Police Department was hilarious. It is. Where hilarious. did you find that? It was on our Twitter feed from the from the department itself. We follow along. And of course they're talking about the snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. And how everybody's saying, "Oh, this has never happened before." But you know that's really not true. It's just we've been in drought so so long we've forgotten yeah. what it's like. Um I can remember lots of good spring snowstorms. Oh, for sure. And Nancy Salover, ASU State climatologist, said this really is part of a regular El Nino pattern we get. We just haven't had it for a while. Yeah. In 1967? Yeah, we got here in 66, uh, moving from Denver, Colorado to Phoenix, Arizona. And then we got here July of 66. And the winter of 67, they were having to use military aircraft dropping hay bales. What's the big airplane that has the bottom that drops out C-130s. of the back? C-130s. C-130s. Yeah. They were dropping food on the Indian reservation for the people and the cattle. And I thought, wow, never expected this in Arizona. <laughs> no, I think people really, I really feel bad for the uh, Arabian horse show people this week. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We're kind of miserable out there. And, but, and then, in the year 2009-2010 winter, 200 buildings in Coconina oh, yeah. County yeah. had roofs collapsed due to the um, snow loads. Yeah. Uh, I know lots of guys that got real busy about that time. So we've had storms in the past. I was a little disappointed when I saw on my city of Scottsdale feed that they closed the trails to the McDowell Mountains. But if you're a listener... And you happen to sneak up to the McDowell's <laughs> and get some beautiful. This was a tremendous photographic opportunity. Oh, huh? gosh. Nothing more beautiful than snow in the desert. I mean, there was snow on the white tanks, there was snow on South Mountain, snow on the McDowell's. I felt like I woke up in Boise. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Four was, Peaks is loaded, too. Oh, man. <laughs> absolutely gorgeous. If you took any great pictures, uh, we're, we don't ordinarily operate in the Far East Valley with the Remodeling Company, but we're doing a, 
a referral to a family friend way out east, like almost all the way to Gold Canyon. And this house, you walk in the front door and the picture window out the back perfectly frames mm. the Superstition Mountains without a rooftop anywhere's in sight. It is the most unbelievable scene. I mean, if I ended up with that lot, I would never move. And one of our employees was out there yesterday, and he took a picture of the Superst superstitions. And we took lots of pictures on the 101 uh, of the McDowell's and stuff. And if you want to see some great images, just Google Arizona snowstorm images from all over the state. Gary, are you going to try and hike Horton Springs? Well, a few years ago, I did in the snow. And uh, when I started at the trailhead, it was just covering my, you know, my hiking boots. But I didn't think about the fact <laughs> that the higher you go, the snowpack was probably going to be deeper. And the next thing I know, but right as I got to the Highland Trail intersection, it was up to my knees. <laughs> That's hard walking. It, That's cold walking. It's <laughs> cold walking. Yeah. The plus side, though, there was it was all pure snow. It hadn't been touched by mm. deer, beer, oh, bird feet, man. or people. So I made a trail right off to the right. And then came back, uh, you know, down the same trail. Oh, boy. But, man, was it gorgeous. It was worth the effort. And, and the burger. And I believe <laughs> uh, I believe all major highways are now open. 40's open again, east of Flagstaff to mm -hmm. Albuquerque. I-17 is open north of Black Canyon City into Flagstaff. As a matter of fact, if, if you listeners have half a brain... You'd be listening to us on a set of ear pods standing in line at the snow bowl waiting to get on a chairlift. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Fifty-four inches. Oh, I would I would kill. I would kill to be up at the snow bowl. But it would probably kill me. Yes, this is a little <laughs> too soon, babe. A little too soon. Oh man, I would I I'm gonna do a Google search at the break and see if Mount Lemon is open. See if they got got it because tucson did get quite a bit of snow so if you've got a great photograph of arizona under this most recent snowstorm we'd love to see it send it to info at rosellnows.com and we just might use it next year's calendar have a whole page of snow a whole page of snow that's right this storm kind of generated a lot of questions at rosell now's particularly the families on the north side of the valley, Carefree, Cave Creek, uh, Tonto, uh, Kachina, uh, Foothills, uh, Desert Mountain, uh, Desert Foothills, Anthem. We got a lot of inquiries about, hey, will uh, my flat roof stand up to this snow load? Well, I know one house out there by Bartlett Lake, they got 15 inches. Yeah. yeah. Do, do we take into account snow when we build here? Does well, he need we, to worry? We we take in a live load and a dead load when you're engineering your roof system. And a dead load is everything that makes up the roof. What does it weigh? The rafters, the sheetrock, the plywood, the roofing material. And... We build a dead load on flat roofs to be about 20 pounds per square foot. 
And that's roughly, depending on the moisture content of the snow, that's roughly four feet of snow. So below the rim, we design a dead load of 20 pounds. And if you didn't get four feet on your roof, you're probably just fine. It's going to so, melt off today, so you should be in good shape. You, you, yeah, make sure... Make sure you see water running out of your scuppers. <laughs> oh, that was another lesson. Yes. With, the, with, with this kind of a 48-hour rain system, it, it doesn't wash the roof. The flat roof's completely clean. It just kind of slowly takes all the leaf litter and moves it slowly towards the scuppers, creating a dam. And we actually visited a couple of our clients uh, whose homes we take care of and discovered that this particular storm with the particular landscaping that they had and the leaf litter that accumulated on the roof, there were hundreds of gallons of water. We had to clear out the scuppers and, uh, boy, let her run, man. And you had, you had cleaned those scuppers not even six months ago. Yeah, I mean, you have to right. don't assume that just because you did it once this year, you're taken care of. Take a look. Yeah. If that had come down, it would have caused a lot of damage. Oh, it would have been ugly. So uh, your flat roofs below the rim are probably okay. Uh, we designed for a little bit heavier load north of the rim. Uh, but even there, like eight, nine years ago, we had 200 roof collapses. In, in 2016, we had a snowstorm that hit Munns Park and created a whole bunch of roof collapses just a couple years ago. Alpine, Arizona, got like five feet of snow in one storm about six years ago. So it's, it's not that unusual, but it sure is fun when it happens. Mm -hmm. If you're not underneath the roof that collapses. This is true. So uh, those are a couple tips on snow loads. We're going to talk in the next segment we we got a lot of questions on snow loads, and we got a lot of questions on fireplaces. And so we're going to take you all through and navigate you through the do's and the don'ts of wood-burning fireplaces, gas logs, and then the fake log scenario fireplaces in the next segment. But we're here for you, too, if you have questions about that aren't, don't involve fireplaces or roofs. That's right. Call us at 888-767-4348. And Rosie's here to ask, answer your questions this hour. You know, Jennifer, uh, one thing, one place I'd like to get trapped in a snowstorm, El Tovar. Yes. That, I, oh, man, can uh, you imagine the view? The, from, nec from the next time we see a major snowstorm come in Arizona, I'm going to go camp out at El Tovar <laughs> and just assume there'll be rooms available because people won't go. <laughs> so, well, you know, Tuesday is the official 100th anniversary of the Grand Canyon National that, Park. That, I, you know, I didn't know it was Tuesday, but I knew we were right there. Mm -hmm. 100 years. Thank you, Teddy Roosevelt. Jennifer and I just watched a documentary of his uh, adventure through... Uh, was it the Amazon? I, I missed the beginning. I didn't it, it was the Amazon River. It was a river he actually called, they named it Rio Roosevelt. And it almost killed him. It was after he was president, he and his son Kermit. Uh, it was a Channel 8 documentary. It was, 
really good. Well, when we get back, we're going to talk about fireplaces, and we're going to talk about these tariffs and what they're doing to the construction remodeling industry right here in your hometown. It's Rosie on the house. Good morning. And we're here to take your calls at 1-888-767-4348. We've talked our way through flat roofs and how much of a snow load they can or cannot handle. We want to talk about fireplaces and all the ins and outs of those. But before we do, Miss Brenda called. Uh, I believe with a plumbing question, and we are celebrating plumbing the entire month of February. So let's bring Brenda into the conversation, see if I can help her out. Good morning. Good morning, Rosie, and I just want to let you know I really enjoy your show. Well, thank you very much. We enjoy okay. doing it. Okay, great. Okay, first of all, I live in Tucson at Rita Ranch. Great. And... Um, my problem is, is I've noticed it's been happening quite some time, it's especially like early in the morning when you flush the toilet. I hear like a vibration, like uh, pipes vibrating or something, and I was just wondering, is that something I need to worry about? Or, you know, what, what would you do about something like that? Or what do you think that is? Brenda, that's probably what we call an air hammer in the water supply line to your toilet. And... You can probably get rid of that noise by replacing the float mechanism in the tank of the toilet. Or you can get a pressure gauge and go to where that water enters your house. Where it enters your house will be a hose bib. You screw the meter onto that hose bib, turn the hose bib on, and see if you're registering over 60 pounds per square inch. If you are, then call one of our certified plumbers in Tucson and have them put a pressure regulator on your house, keeping your pressure under 60 PSI. This can happen sometimes in the early morning. Do you have an automatic sprinkler system that might be working at about that same time? Um, I have one, but it doesn't work. Okay, all right, so we can rule that out. Sometimes that sprinkler valve coming on and off can aggravate this situation too. There's about three different ways to solve the problem. We can, we can go on the Internet and we can uh, Google uh, Air Hammer Arrester. They make a brand called Sioux Chief Sioux, like the Indian tribe. Uh, they're like $12.00. It come, they're very easy for you to install right there on the line that that uh, supplies the toilet. You can replace the float valve. That'll probably take care of the problem. And then let's make sure you're under 60 PSI on the whole house because being over that ages all the plumbing fixtures in your house. So there's the three things you could take a look at to get that solved. Okay, and until I get that solved, is that something to worry about, or am I going to have water all over the house? Or Well, it is, it is hard on your plumbing supply line, so it is something you'll want to get taken care of, but it's not like an imminent leak. Oh, it's not like 
uh, there's a leak somewhere. No, no. Okay, but uh, it is hard on the plumbing supply. You said it is. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks, Miss Brenda. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You bet. Jennifer, do you have time to talk fireplaces here, real quick? I do. You know, our we pulled a report of every week about what our most common asked questions are, and of course, this month has been mostly plumbing. But you know what, number two is it's fireplaces. Everybody's wanting to turn their fireplaces on and want to know. You know, uh, one of the most asked what, questions. What was our Southwest gas bill this month? <clears throat> Someone sat in front of the fire a lot. <laughs> so I would say it's about four hundred bucks. When I when I'm home all day, we have a fireplace in the kitchen. And yeah, I set your up new my, office. <laughs> I set up my little office there. I never move. Well, people are asking, you know, what I need to know about my gas fireplace to keep it safe. One of the things you need to know is if you have a gas fireplace, to make sure that the flue is always at least partially open, if not all the way open. You don't want gas to get trapped in your house. Even when you close the flue, code requires there to be a gap in the flue so the air will continue to escape. And that's built in? So that you can't close it, or is it, that? It used to be when gas logs first came out, we used to just get up there with a pair of ice grips and bend the lip of the flue so it wouldn't close. Now they make bolts and special attachments you can put on it. Oh, that's yeah. And so you just want to make sure you have your yes gas evacuating out. The other thing you would want to do is make sure you have a cap on your fireplace log or gas yes. to make sure birdies can't get in there and stop up your uh, fireplace and have the smoke or the gas back into the house not the kind uh, of fried chicken you want yeah no no, no. and rebecca deridal of arizona chimney and ducks you can give her a call she'll talk you through anything you need with your chimney um but you also need to know that if you live in maricopa county every day is not a day you can burn wood logs so you, there's a number you can call it is 602-506-6400 no burn to, days to make sure that you, you it's legal to burn your your wood um she's not a big fan of the composite logs that you buy in light, right? No, the second question, most asked question was what kind of wood to use. And she said either use, use a combination of hard and soft wood, one to keep it going, one to, keep, one to get started. And, um, but not to use those compressed ones too often because they're full of um, chemicals and uh, some glue and stuff that will muck up your fireplace. But even a gas log fireplace needs the chimney cleaned. Right. It has a buildup of carbon as opposed to creosote. All right. There you go. When we get back, we'll be talking about, uh, on the subject of plumbing, water, and water treatment with water expert John Owen of Connecticut. Segment number three of our nine o'clock hour, our open line hour. And in this segment, we do our home maintenance how-to. Uh, it's something that we've launched in conjunction with our home maintenance calendar and our digital home maintenance app to help keep up with the maintenance of our home. And today we're talking clean water. We've brought in water expert, Mr. John Owens. And uh, Mr. Owens, just real quick, uh, brief history. You've been in it for 37 years, and that's impressive to me because I'm not trying to make you feel old, but I'm 37. <laughs> you, you started this the year I was born. Thanks, Romy. <laughs> No, I'm a retired United States Marine in, in the first Gulf War. I was the chief hydrogeologist. I helped draft the laws of California reclamation of waste to put water. I'm the former president of the Arizona Water Quality Association. 
and I also briefed President Bush, President Clinton on water issues, first Bush, Bush, Bush. one, and also stepped down in 2005 to be a worker BA, and I've been fortunate to be involved with nearly 10,000 Connecticut projects since 2005. Whenever we come to the water topic, a couple of things we've got to address, just hit it head on, uh, get them out of the way up front so we don't get cluttered with questions afterwards, but one, are water softeners outlawed in other states, cities, municipalities? Water systems are legal in every state in the United States, and they're legal in every country in the, in the on the planet. And so that's a misconception. Number two, you can soften water without an ionic exchange. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, unfortunately, there's no fairy tale out there. There's no magic silver bullet and seek the advice of a trained professional and end up getting a proper diagnosis. And so yeah, I can tell you that the United States government, EPA, has invested well over a billion dollars in the last decade studying water. You go to epa.gov, they have a database for every known contaminant, the maximum contaminant levels, the health implications of each contaminant, the best available technology for each contaminant. The best available technology is a cation exchange softener. There's no second or third choice. There's only one way to remove the hardness from the water. And one point we always make when that comes up is, look, if these other quote-unquote magnet, electric, scale reducers, if they really worked, they would be bought up by the big manufacturers or the big manufacturers would be coming out with their own line to compete with it. Yeah, yeah, Connecticut. That would have swallowed up the industry by now. <laughs> yeah, Connecticut has invested over $2 billion in nearly 50 years in R&D, and we have many, many different patents in proprietary technology. And unfortunately, there's no alternative technology that ends up softening the water. And so what ends up happening is if you wish to remove the scale, remove the buildup, it don't have to be married to the squeegee in the shower. Don't have to buy jet dry. Don't have to run the heat cycle and still have spots and still have static electricity and lit in the lid trap. Unfortunately, you got to have a well-engineered, well-designed system. Proper water system does that. And then we run into plumbers that oftentimes will say, "Ah, no, no, we don't, we don't recommend." Which is funny because you would think somebody dealing with the water lines and they somebody that sees the scale and the buildup on a regular basis and they see the corrosion from hard water. I never could figure out why they wouldn't promote water treatment. The question is, is why don't plumbers uh, support or agree or put in water systems? And the reason why it's controversial is because, generally speaking, people go by their limitation of their own experience. And if you look at a water heater life cycle in Arizona, typically it has an average life cycle of five to six years. Put in a water system, it still has a life cycle of five to six years. And because of that, plumbers say, hey, why would I have a water system when they only last five or six years? The reality of is if you have a well-engineered, well-designed system and have proper maintenance with your water heater, drain and flush the water heater, check the grounding on the plumbing, also inspect the anode rod on an annual basis, literally you can get a 12 to a 15-year life cycle out of your water heater. And if plumbers understood that, then they would have big, big supporters of that. But generally speaking, most people don't even know what they don't know, including water systems, water companies, and plumbers. And our weekly home maintenance how-to, this one really, I guess if there's a do-it-yourself part in this aspect, it's how to properly select the right water treatment equipment for your home because once that's properly installed, the number of maintenance items that can be reduced down the road uh, start to add up. I mean, when you're looking at uh, a well-engineered water treatment system, they say, what, 30% 30 longer out of your water using? 
appliances? Yeah, your water heater, it basically there's uh, studies done at the New Mexico State Institute and uh, New Mexico State University found that a water heater will last, uh, if you build up an eighth of an inch of scale, increase the cost of heating the water by 31%. If you go to a tankless water heater, it's even higher. And so I can tell you having a good system is important. And the way to determine what you need, if you have public water, the federal government mandates that public providers that have 15 taps or greater have to test each source every 36 months. They average it together and issue a document called a consumer confidence report. So if you go physically to your local city or just go to their website, look on the water department for a document called a consumer confidence report. That'll give you a list of all the contaminants and all the information. And you can take that information and if you walk around your house, all of your appliances have been tested by NSF. So you open up your dish machine, look at your water heater, your electric knife, at your refrigerator. They're all NSF tested, validated. You can go to NSF.org or the Water Quality Association.org, and you can actually look up what individual contaminants at which particular technologies and systems have been certified to remove those contaminants. So you don't want to take out something that's not there. At the same time, you want to make sure what's there is addressed by your water treatment system. What do you most commonly see when you're addressing water in Arizona? Uh, in Arizona, it's a dizzying effect. And the reason why is because my family got lost here in 1860. When I was a kid, the population of Maricopa County was 500,000. Now we're 5.4 million people. It's greater than 26 states. And a weird thing happened. And your family accounts for 2% of that growth, <laughs> is what you, you estimate? <laughs> uh, unfortunately. <laughs> Basically, what ends up happening is the water changed in 1987. We enacted a law called the State Groundwater Management Act that mandates we have to transition from wells to surface water. There's not enough surface water because we're sword fighting with California, Nevada, Colorado, and also the native people and the farmers over who's going to get that water. So what ends up happening is we're doing groundwater banking, and that's code word for robbing Peter to pay Paul. So we're currently pumping out of the ground, and what ends up happening is there's not one great aquifer under the valley that covers the water. So what we have is little slice elements of water. When we extract one dry, we go to the next one. So the water chemistry and water quality on the public water is right now fluctuating quite a bit. We only have a 48-month water bank, and we've depleted nearly 28 months of that 48-month bank. At the same time, we also have little county island pockets and people have private wells. And so with your public water, you can get a public water report, the consumer confidence report. With a private well, the EPA suggests you have your water tested by an EPA-certified lab every 60 months. And armed with that information, you can take it to a water professional, and they can actually interpret the, the information from the well, particularly if you have a new well. They have a, what they call a well drill log, and that's a journal of all the geology inside the soil. With a well drill log and the, the, uh, also the copy of the lab report, a water professional can interpret that and advise you as to best available technology to be able to address your, your issues. And once we have that, we've got the technology, the, the system set up to purify the water coming into our home, because that's really the end goal of what we want. What is the ionic exchange that happens? How is it that we're taking that hard water and turning it to soft water? Um, what ends up happening is it's called a cation exchange, C-A-T-I-O-N. 
And what happened is the nearest metaphor I can use to describe is like if you were a kid and had a magnet, drag it around the yard, and iron finally grab on. It can only hold so much. So as water comes into contact with the little plastic bead of resin, it attracts to the external sites of the beads, and then the water goes into the house. And so the problem with it is little beads only have a fixed capacity. So at some point in time, they have to be cleaned, and they use a regenerant, and the regenerant is sodium chloride, potassium chloride, hydrochloric acid, and then it gets rinsed down the drain. So another metaphor I used to describe that is kind of like your laundry. Take Tide Whisk and Cheer to clean the clothes, and then fresh water rinses the excess soap down the drain, and your clothes come out of the washer with no excess soap. Same thing happens with the softener. And once that soft water then enters our home, the benefits for that soft water, we already mentioned the extended life of water using appliances, but uh, the buildups in our showers, the buildups on our faucets, the reduced hardness and breakdown of our clothes and color fading. Yeah, what ends up happening is if your house were to burn down and you rebuild, you have fire insurance to protect that. Really, a water system is plumbing insurance, water heater insurance, dishwasher insurance. And about 45% of the reconstruction of your house, if it burns down, is invested with pipes, plumbing, and water using faucets and fixtures. So really what we are is water heater insurance, dishwasher insurance, faucet insurance, plumbing insurance. Now, you may have said this earlier when we came to the plumbing. And so you may have said something and I missed it. Earlier, but the good thing, the good news for consumers or listeners as well is this is all on a podcast. You can replay it over and over. And uh, did you mention how the water heater cycle works on an electric versus a two tank system? Well, what ends up happening is that, that the EPA suggests that the best available technology is a cation exchange water system. And, and there's basically only about nine factories in the planet that manufacture those systems. There's hundreds of different retailers that are out there. So most of them have a single tank electric system. So a single tank provides soft water problem to the capacity of that tank. The problem is it's a fixed capacity. So at some point in time, you run out, and then there's a delay of time until 2 o'clock in the morning. That's the, the default cleaning time and then it goes into a recharge. The problem is if you end up using excess water. So like you have kids, and if your kids have three extra kids and they spend the night after rodeo and take a shower, that's going to be extra water, which translates to you could run out of hard water. If you do two, three, four, five loads of laundry on one Saturday trying to catch up with the laundry, then you're going to potentially run out. The advantage of Connecticut is we have the only twin tank non-electric system basically that never runs out it's a primary and a reserve and has a patented water meter that works just like the water meter on the street so what ends up happening is when the first tank is dirty switch it to the second tank continues to work but instead of having a single technology our most popular system is the hybrid technology which integrates the best of the no salt folks which basically is essentially carbon filtration along with the softening so what we do is we take out mechanical filtration dechlorination and water softening. The advantage of that is people don't experience things like dry edgy skin. They could use a pH balanced shampoo. Generally speaking, they can eliminate things like conditioner. They don't have to use extra hand creams, body creams, lotions. And the most important thing for the DIY folks out there, they don't have a continuing hobby as a plumber because if you're removing your chlorine and the hardness, the O-ring seals and gaskets throughout the house don't get attacked and destroyed prematurely. I've told this story a few times on air here in the last couple of weeks, uh, Mr. Owens, but it, it, it's really funny. It was sometime around 2003, 2004. I was busy building my home in Whitman. I pulled into a gas station. The 303 didn't exist. The, the Lake Pleasant cut through didn't exist yet. To get out to Whitman, really, it was either up to Carefree Highway or Bell Road. Got off at Bell and I was filling up gas on the south side. There's a, a gas station car wash there. And you were filling up your truck and we just started chatting and he said, you know, 
Rosie on the House is too good of a brand and Connecticut is too good of a brand for us not to work together. I understand it's not going to be today, but mark my words, someday we're going to be working together because we've got the same vision and mission. And uh, it's been a pleasure having you all on board. I'd have to say my favorite thing about uh, all of this is what Connecticut can put on every component they make. Made in America. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Made in America. Every Connecticut since 1970 has been made in America, and what we have is distribution throughout the world. Everything about Connecticut is patented, proprietary, exclusive, so if somebody tells you they have the same thing as Connecticut, they better look again because obviously we don't license other folks to have it. And if you want an expert to come to your house, you can call us up. We can help you out. John Owens, Connecticut Water System. Y'all service Tucson and uh, Maricopa County areas, and we also have a, a Northern Arizona quality water, the Blaney's out of Sedona. Yes, uh, Jim and Martha Blaney do a great job in Northern Arizona, the best folks up there. At the same time, if you're looking for Central Arizona or Southern Arizona, give us a call and we can help you out. You can find Connecticut at rosieonthehouse.com or just, uh, I mean, search Connecticut, K I N E T I C O. Correct. It's ConnecticutAZ.com. Well, that was a great segment on water treatment. There's so much bad information. Um, I'll even go out on a limb and say the Arizona Corporation Commission should actually put some of the water treatment so-called companies. They ought to run them out of the state because the information they spread is so wrong. Just frost my fanny. (laughs) <laughs> Welcome back in the house, Rosie. Oh man. <laughs> Love having you in so here. So I hope I hope that helped set some of y'all straight. We did get a question um that we didn't have time to answer in that segment about uh, a caller that said if I put a water softener on an old old house that's already got pipes that are corroded and calcium buildups on the appliances, what are the chances the water softener could clean those pipes out to the point where the fittings could come apart. And some old, old plumbing systems are literally held together by the rust and the corrosion. Uh, but uh, when you put a softener on a house, it will take as long to remove the calcium buildups on the fixture and clean out the pipes as it took to originally build up. So it isn't going to historically or generally prematurely kill your plumbing system. And if your system's that old... It's probably time to replace it it anyway. It's probably time to start some some budgeting anyway. So hopefully that helps answer that question. We're celebrating plumbing all month long. We have Isley's Home Services in the next hour, talking plumbing. In March, we go, what is our topic for March, babe? Do you know? <laughs> Functional Who? design. Oh, yes, that's right. I should know that because I'm right. working on the topics. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> that's right. Well, it's, the board's not in front of you. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I live up by that production board. But you know what I wanted to do before we hit the top of this hour is give away some state park passes. Oh, we, got a, we do have a nice... I'd like to give away 10 sets. You know why? Ten. Wow. Yes, because because Rosie, it's supposed to be incredible wildflower season. Well, it will be. Everybody needs to plan to get outside. Um, so the anyway, only the only thing that could ruin it 
is if the heat hits us Shh, don't with, say with it, no don't spring. Say you know, we're gonna we're gonna ease into it, right, Gary? It's gonna be a fantastic year. You know, so, we could have a second wildflower season because the ones that are out there are killed off because of the cold, and the other yeah. ones will come back. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, we, I was walking out in North Scottsdale, and the desert grass is shin mid shins. Looks like Ireland out oh, there. Gosh. I know it. So, if you know, so if you have our calendar. Our calendar. If you haven't gotten it, you can order one by writing to info at rosieonthehouse.com and we'll send you one free. But if you have yours, or you can look on our website under um, Homeowner Resources on the digital copy. In February, there was a photo contest. And what is the subject matter of that picture? It's just one little three letter word. So you text it at 411 923. First 10 people to um, send me the name of the subject matter on that picture will win a set of two tickets. State park State passes. Par- mm-hmm. And that's good for one adult, one child, and parking. Each, one, the, each one. Through the end of the year. Yeah, you got all year, but you got all plan year on it. the wildflower season. Okay. Well, good. What is the photo topic of the calendar and text it to 411923? In February. The February okay. winner. Very good. I was talking a little bit about, you know, I'm just, we're just a little remodeling company. And so when you read the Wall Street Journal or you see press conferences from the Oval Office and people are talking about tariffs, you think, well, that'll never impact me. Well, folks, I have to tell you that somehow, some way, the tariffs have been imposed have put national shortages on certain materials. And at Rosie Remodeling, Rosie Wright Remodeling, we never start a job until we have all the material because we never want to get you torn up and then wait. So we have several jobs that we've had to postpone the start for a month because of the backlog of waiting for these materials. So that puts us in a very interesting position. For the first time since I can remember, Rosie Wright Remodeling has men available for some little quick jobs before these other projects start. If you've got something you'd like to get done around your house, give us a ring. Reach out to us at Rosie Wright Remodeling, rosieonthehouse.com. We're even doing online estimates. If you'll just send us pictures, we'll call you, talk to you, and we'll we'll quote a price right there and get out there and get it taken care of for you. Uh, I think we're the only ones in the world currently doing that, and we're happy to do it for our Arizona homeowners. So tariffs, schmariffs. <laughs> and the shortage is aluminum, so it was the windows. Well, that's one of the products, yeah. Yeah, so that's a uh, that's a big deal. Nas- you can't get national, halfway done with no windows. I mean, that's 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 a lot of building products. So, okay, there's your there's your tariff speech. <laughs> <laughs> we got guys available. If you have something you want to get done around your house, contact Rosie on the house, and we'll help you every way we can. You can call us all week at one triple eight. 767-4348. Hey, the weather's going to get beautiful. Oh, get man. out and enjoy it. Get your stuff done at home so you can get out. Absolutely. Y'all have a great week.